As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering The Dark Tower, Book 3, The Wastelands, Chapter 6, Riddle and Wastelands. In this chapter, all on board the crazy train! Welcome to Unspoiled. All right, the fucking end of this book. This is it? It feels like it happened really fast. Like it does. I don't. I guess we've just you know gone through it in large enough pieces that. Um, but yeah, it ended in such a place. Yeah, we missed two weeks in a row. I think there was the election, and then you went on vacation. Yeah. So, uh, hi everyone. I'm Natasha. I'm Miles. And you might have missed us. Uh, you may not have. You may have been like, oh, these fucking people again when you saw this show up on your feed. I hope <laughs> that you have missed us, though. So this was like a co- there were th- not a ton actually happens here. But what does happen is giving me anxiety. <laughs> You know, you mentioned you were ta- you were talking about the you know how it ends mm-hmm. and how it just feels weird. I-, I love this book, but I think this is an absolutely bizarre place to end it. Really weird. Agreed. And I'm going to get more into that when we start Wizarding Glass. But just let it be on the record: this book ends in a super weird place. Yeah, it's like I I really thought that at least we'd get at least one before the the book actually ended so when he's like now let's begin right yeah. and then it's just like rrr, rrr. i was kind of shocked um 
you know, it's fine. But yeah, agreed. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Um, so, so one of the things that happens is they figure out the prime number puzzle. Is that you want to start there or? Yes. There's one thing I want to say before we like really get into it is okay. that I am super mad that they left her wheelchair. Like, re- like I was thinking this when they carry her onto the train. Uh-huh. I'm like, but what about her fucking wheelchair? And then she's like, oh shit, you left my wheel. And I'm like, yeah, guys, Christ. Oh, made me really upset. How did they not think of that? Come on. I, I don't know. So let it be on record that if this, if Natasha had been there, this wouldn't have happened. It, it is so noted. Mm-hmm. Natasha would have remembered the fucking wheelchair. I would. I would maybe yeah. would not have known about prime numbers. And so we all would have died. But, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Um, all right. So, yeah. Now let's start at the beginning. All right. So. We, we've all been reunited again. Mm-hmm. Everybody's back. They're in the cradle of Blaine. Blaine's about to blow the... F- I guess not blow the fuck out of the city, but kill everybody there with um, biological weapons. And if they want to escape, he's because he's going to be taken off, they have to solve this puzzle, this riddle, to get on the train. And the riddle is... Um, you have to prime my pump to get me going. Only my prump pi- my pump pimes. My prump pimes. <laughs> my pump- <laughs> Holy shit. You had oh, a stroke. I did. My oh. pump primes backward. Um so they tell us to roll in a Jake and Jake's like, where the fuck is I don't see a pump. Is there a pump anywhere, you guys? I don't know. Yeah. Um and Susanna comes to the rescue mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. I really like it. Honestly, I'm a big fan of the way that that went, but um, I, I was not expecting it. And it's really strange to me that when she reappears, Detta, it's not the same Detta even. It's, it's like a version of Detta that's more self-aware and content with herself, almost. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's still clearly Detta Walker in terms of, like, her mannerisms and voice and the way she talks and everything. Mm-hmm. But she's not, like, this hostile, hissing, spitting monster anymore. Right. You know? And so Susanna asks Roland to hypnotize her because she needs to remember something. Something that her father told her. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what what happens is in hypnotizing her, Roland brings the Detta Walker personality to the forefront. And we learn here that um, Odetta, like, was no good at math. Yes. <laughs> it was... She never got no better than a C in math her whole life. Wouldn't have got that without me to help her. I love that. The like the idea of there being like a an alter ego that can help you with fucking schoolwork is that the most yeah. appealing thing? Yeah, I would that's love a that, good one. but for I'm I'm trying to harness that a little bit with weight loss. Um Do you know that you know about Beyonce's alter ego, right? 
Uh, why why no. would you know? Why would no, I think I that Miles would know, know this? Beyonce. I, I, I know Beyonce. I love Beyonce. I know you but... know Beyonce, but like something like that. Why would I think no, you would know? I don't know. Um, Beyonce has, you know, inexplicably some confidence issues herself. Don't ask me why, because that makes no sense to anybody. Okay. If Beyonce has confidence issues, then I have no chance and I'm just done. I'm going to stop trying. I think that's, that's... fair. That's I think like we should all just stop trying. That's completely dispiriting <laughs> to hear that Beyonce has issues with her self-confidence. Um, but she, in order to, like, you know, get her juices flowing to get up on stage and really, like, throw it down, she adopts what she calls Sasha Fierce, which is her alter ego that she, like, pretends to be when she's kind of you know what i mean i've heard about this yeah Yeah. i've heard the name anyway and i love this concept so much and i've been thinking about it a lot lately and i haven't really like not sincerely tried to use it but i have been thinking about how there are like different pieces of people's personalities just naturally that always happens and i had a piece of my personality that used to be so much more about self-care and mm-hmm. just and self-care in every aspect of that word not just about like weight loss or anything um and i was like you know maybe i should try and give that all that other piece of me a name and really try and like channel that when i'm feeling like i don't want to bother taking care of myself because that's really what's happened is that there's another part of me that's really lazy that doesn't want to be bothered and i sort of let that part take over be like you know despite my better judgment because it's just easy and um so i have decided since i uh you know i'm gonna change my name to winters i'm gonna do my alter ego's name is gonna be veronica frost Oh, I like that. And she's going to be me from two years ago. I took this super awesome picture of me in black lingerie and I look badass and I'm still Mm -hmm. like heavy, but I still look good. And I'm like, that's going to be Veronica. That's who. And I'm going to have her come and slap me in the face when I'm like, I don't want to. And Veronica's going to be like, bitch, listen, get the fuck off your ass and do something. I don't want to fucking hear it. So (laughs) I came up with that. What's that? She's like um, that teacher in that kid's book. Do you ever read that kid's book where the the teacher is super sweet, but the classroom is a bunch of little fucks? And so the teacher, like, becomes this, like, changes clothes and gets a wig and becomes this horrible, like, bitch of a teacher and gets the kids all in line. And they go begging for the other teacher back. And when she comes back, they're like, oh, thank God, never leave again. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? You do, don't I? Um, Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about I know what you're talking about though. Like when when you started to say it, I was like, I don't but now I'm I can picture it's illustrated, right? Yeah, yeah. It's and like, she comes back in and the kids are all like, Oh god, thank you and she's like, heh heh heh. It's like Miss Swamp or something. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> I forgot all about that. That's really yeah. great. It, that. it was funny when I was in the um I used to do the pro wrestling stuff in NAU, you know, I wasn't a pro wrestler, but I was the announcer for the pro wrestling club. Mm-hmm. And um and I had an all. I had a, di- a different surname that I use. I actually use my dad's name, which is weird because I normally, you know, my, my name is my mom's last name. But um, I use my dad's last name for this particular uh, thing, and <laughs> and I was like, kind of the 
you know, I was the straight man. I was the one who introduced the show and who, you know, just like played everything very seriously and, and, you know, play Mm -hmm. by play. And, uh, I remember once, um, we were having a meeting of the club and we had a couple new guys come in who wanted to try and wrestle. And the president, uh, my friend Matthias was explaining, kind of like how the idea of having a character because i think these guys were like you know amateur wrestlers like they had done actual like collegiate wrestling before okay but they wanted to try this like pro wrestling stuff so matthias was explaining the idea of having having a character to them and he's like and it's not just the wrestlers i mean look at miles you watch him on tv and you'd think he was a really nice kind of like level-headed guy he's actually He's actually like, you know, a really loud mouthed asshole, but that doesn't come through. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that it's um I I like this that this is something that can be called forth now that like works for her and isn't poisonous as he calls it at one point. Yeah, it straight up says um she was not Susanna nor was she the same wretched devilish creature who had previously gone under the name of Detta Walker. Although she sounded the same. Mm-hmm. So again, this is like kind of a trick of what's happened with the integration of these personalities. Yeah. And I like, you know, even when she laughs, it's like the laugh isn't even the same because it had yeah. been like the kind of laugh that made your hair stand on end. And now it's not that way anymore. Thank God I, for that. I love the bit where she's trying, she's trying to explain this whole concept of prime numbers to them. And Eddie says, I'm lost. And she says, that's because you're just a stupid white boy. <laughs> she ain't D- wrong. But 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 it, but she says but not unkindly. She right. said this, you know. It's like, oh, you're just a stupid idiot, lover. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so she comes up with this. She crosses out on this thing all the numbers that aren't prime. Mm-hmm. And um, they're about to. What is um. Susanna comes back. Yeah, right? she comes back in the middle of it because Detta asks for his piece of charcoal and she's marking off all of the even numbers and like the non-prime. And as she's doing this, Susanna's voice is starting to come through. That's right. And then she's by the time she's done, Susanna's back entirely. With um, one minute left. Yeah, exactly. And she reaches toward the top, toward the number one, and Jake is like, wait, no, backwards. Yeah, I was thinking that. I'm like, what yeah. are you doing, lady? What are you doing, Walter? Um, sorry, that's a Breaking Bad joke. What are you doing, Dave? Um, <laughs> I'm afraid I can't let you do that. But, and that's that's the, that was the key. That was the um, the answer. So is that like a... What do you think about this riddle, such as it is? Is that reverse? I has to be primed in reverse. I like it. See, that's a riddle that like legit makes sense. This is a riddle that it's it. You have to think outside the box a little, but not so outside the box that it makes me go. You're literally trying to find one tree in all of Russia. You know. Um, So yeah, this is the kind. This is the kind of riddle I can get behind. And I'm really worried about how the next book's riddles are going to start off because I'm like, you know, the fucking one about what's the difference between a granary and your granny. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, come (laughs) on. Like, you know. So Um, Blaine is like, oh, not bad at all. Good job. You solved the shit. He says, I'm looking forward to this very much. May I suggest you climb on board quickly? In fact, you may wish to run. There are several gas outlets in this area. (laughs) Bless. Um, yeah. Then the gas turns out to be purple. 
which for some reason makes it so much worse to me. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. It's like this purple cloud that's following. Um, They go on board and it's like this really nice cabin. Yeah. I have I think- to say I didn't expect it to be nice on board. They specify, I think this is like first class, right? Like this yeah. is the this is the first class area, um, and I love it. There's this there's a voice that's like, "Welcome to Blaine. Praise the Imperium. Please make sure your transit card is available for collection, and remember that false boarding is a serious crime punishable by, by law. We hope you enjoy your trip. Welcome to Blaine. Praise the Imperium. It's like the blades like." I think we can dispense with that boring old shit, don't you? When he said that, I lulled. Right. I definitely did. Uh, it's just all these... I love all these little details, and it's not just Blaine, but Blaine's probably the most prominent mm-hmm. example of this. You know, all the little signs of how things used to be around here. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, I... Like I said, I just didn't expect... I thought that this fucking train was going to be like the subway. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a bunch of like hard shell seats with one scoop for one butt to sure. fit. And um, when it turns out to be like this cushy cabin and he has a fucking ice sculpture that he yeah. made of Roland, which is yeah. just so funny to me. <laughs> I just... like I don't know why that tickled me so much, but it just delighted me. Um that it just caught me all, all by surprise. I was like, "Well, shit, all right." And uh, I'm annoyed because now he's like, "Oh, I'm totally gonna kill us all, ha ha!" And I'm like, "Dude, come on! Can't you just be cool for like a minute? Can't we just like have a nap on this eight-hour-long ride? No, we have to be awake and get do more riddles and shit." Oh God, dude, you're the worst. So yeah. Blaine uh, is a pain. Blaine is a pain. Totally. So uh, he starts taking off. They've, they've left the wheelchair behind, as you mentioned. Um, and Blaine is following the path of the beam. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they basically... There, there's a, a kind of a long sequence where um, he activates, like, what does he say, the visual mode? Oh, yeah, yeah. It has and, a really good visual mode. Yeah, it's like it feels like there's no train around you. You're just, like, driving through the, the landscape. Yeah, it's like I wish that he had warned them a little bit more. Um, because well, just being, like, visual mode, and then he's like, surprise, there's no train. I would have freaked the fuck he out. Cle- I hate yeah, he likes making them uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, most he's, definitely. He's totally fucking with them. Um, and he has, like, all this stuff. Well, Susanna's like, I kept expecting the wind to blow through my hair. And he's like, well, I can do that if you want. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little moisture, match the outside conditions. I'm like, no, thanks. Right. Stop. Um, and that's when we see the purple gas kind of going all over the city, everybody dying. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think that's when... Oh, he shows him the the route. So... Uh, Blaine's route ends, it starts in Ludd, goes through all these places that are made up, mm-hmm. and then ends in Topeka. Can we talk about how these people are Luddites and I never put that together? <laughs> what do you mean? Luddites! Oh, oh Luddites! The city of Ludd, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like, it's, <laughs> he says it at one point, like, the Luddites were, and I was like, <gasps> oh. oh my god. Yeah. Like, and it, 
it's kind of amazing considering that they clearly had amazing technology at one point and have gone away from that. So it doesn't mean what, but still, I didn't think of it. And, uh, just, feel bad about that. I, not even that I feel bad. I'm just I, sort of I, side I, I eyeing <laughs> going, yeah, all right, uh, buddy. You know what? Calm down. Well played. Well played. <laughs> bitch. Um, so Blaine's talking to them and he's like, all right, here's where we're going. It's going to take about eight hours to get there, assuming all my tracks are still intact, which, you know, who knows. Uh, I kind of intentionally blew out my circuits to, to look at that shit when we uh, embarked because it's more fun that way. And if we hit one, well, we're all going to die. Oh, my <laughs> God. He's just like really fucking like I really enjoy King's description of what an insane train would look like. Right? Like, does that make sense? It's a weird like, thing to even like have as a concept. It's like, um, so uh, I'm writing this book, and at the end, they're on uh, this like insane train. <laughs> they're on a crazy train, and the train's kind of a dick and just fucks with them. Like, right. and somebody was telling me that they wrote this and I would just be like, I cannot help you. I've got nothing. <laughs> I have no idea what to tell you. Um, but yeah, it works. It's pretty, f- it's pretty fun, honestly. Oh no, it's great. I oh, love it. yeah. And I'm loving that the way that Roland just does not have any fucking time for this. He lets Blaine have his fun for a few minutes and then he stands up and is like, all right, motherfucker. Listen, you're going to sit down and you're going to be good because this is I'm embarrassed for you. Look at how rude you're being. Look at what a shitbag you're being. It's just really out of order. and You should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm right. just like, well, damn. OK, Roland. I liked it. You know, you know what I think is, is maybe the creepiest thing about all this, though? I, like, I want to get back to what Roland's doing here, because I like it, too. Okay. But I'm just looking over, I'm, I'm like, looking over the book again right now, mm-hmm. and I had forgotten the bit about how his voice is on a different audio track than his insane laughter, which is the creepiest oh, fucking yeah. thing. yeah, that didn't even occur to me. Okay, yeah. Damn. So there's, um, like, three tracks, because he's this regular voice track, he's got his laugh track, and then he has like the weird little voice that comes across every now and then. Track. Right. Which they talked about was like very similar to the welcome to Blaine voice. Right. right. So, um, so Blaine says he's going to kill himself. And Roland is like, why? And his answer is, I'm bored. Also, I'm perfectly aware that I'm suffering a degenerative disease, which humans call going insane, losing touch with reality, going Looney Tunes, blowing a fuse, not playing with a full deck, etc. Repeated diagnostic checks have failed to reveal the source of this problem. I can conclude only that this is a spiritual malaise beyond my ability to repair. (laughs) Which, you know, all right. Like, as Eddie says, when it comes to killing yourself, um, my vote is feel free to do whatever. But why you got to involve us in this shit, buddy? What? You, come on. Don't be a dick. Right. And he's just like, I want to. And I could do what I want. And I'm like, I guess. God. But yeah. So uh, he's just basically like, well, you know, I'm going crazy. So what the fuck? May as well. He also mentions Patricia, the other train, um, who started like crying all the time, I guess. Yes, that's right. And he just let her, he freed her so that she could go kill herself. 
What a generous right. guy. So, um, so Roland, this is the part you were talking about before. Because Blaine's like, I want some riddles, and if you don't give me riddles, I'm just going to do it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to wait. And Roland says, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> I yes. said, fuck you. I said, fuck you, Roland said calmly. But if that puzzles you, Blaine, I can make it clearer. No. The answer is no. Ah, oh, that's so good. And he's just like, what? What? what, what, what? <laughs> like, he just doesn't even know how to respond to somebody not cowering. He's like, perhaps I should derail us here. And Roland's like, yes, perhaps you should. Go on. Right? Um, <laughs> you are rude and arrogant, Blaine said. These may seem like interesting traits to you, but they are not to me. <laughs> and Roland's like, oh, oh no, you haven't seen me be rude. I can call you a nonsensical, empty-headed, foolish, arrogant machine. I can call you a stupid, unwise creature who senses no more than the sound of a winter wind in a hollow tree. Unfortunately, I am somewhat restricted to my ability to be rude, since you are only a machine, what Eddie calls a gadget. I cannot call you a sucker of cocks, for instance, because you have no mouth and no cock. Which, I mean, you can suck cocks without having one, but whatever, Roland, you do you. Um... I cannot say you are viler than the vilest beggar who ever crawled the gutters of the lowest street in creation, because even such a creature is better than you. You have no knees on which to crawl, and would not fall upon them even if you did, for you have no conception of such a human flaw as mercy. I cannot even say you fucked your mother, because you had none. I can call you a faithless creature who let your only companion kill herself, a coward who has delighted in the torture of the foolish and the slaughter of the innocent, a lost and bleeding mechanical goblin who, and he's like, oh my god, stop. Oh my god, it's so good. He says, um, Blaine says, I command you to stop it or I'll kill you all right here. And then Roland is like, Roland officially goes badass here. Yes. I love that everybody in the room, basically, when he goes badass, as you put it, is looking at him like, well, shit. <laughs> like, everybody's so... Like, what are you doing? shit out of him. But then, yeah, he says, kill if you will, but command me nothing. Yep. You have forgotten the faces of those who made you. Now either kill us or be silent and listen to me. Roland of Gilead, son of Stephen, gunslinger and lord of the ancient lands. I have not come across all the miles and all the years to listen to your childish prating. Do you understand? Now you will listen to me. Da, da, da. Everybody's like, oh, shit. And uh, that that kind of, you know, gets Blaine's attention. <laughs> um, Yeah. We kind of skipped over him showing them the actual wastelands. Mm. The drawers is that's uh, true. How Susanna thinks of it. Yeah, because it says at one point, you know, this is where the real wastelands began. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, considering the book is called the wastelands, is a strange place for that to start happening. But you know, whatever. Right. Um. But yeah, everybody's like kind of flipped out because it's even Roland, as he puts it, who has a much wider. Uh, frame of reference for what ugliness is this is outside of that for him too he i think just... Susanna compares it to mordor does she yeah do you not remember that i was thinking about it because they talk he talks about these like whitest creatures that are too distant to see properly which they're all thankful for right and then he says that there's something that's pinkish and a cross between a stork and like a tripod yeah, there's some weird shit down there. 
And that reminded me of um, Fury Road. Mm-hmm. When they oh, the pass crows. through, yeah, yeah, oh, uh, that's like the creepiest part. I and know, and it's the creepiest part because there was no explanation given. Nope, we don't know what they are or what they did. It's just that's where the crows are. Ugh. Ugh. Right, I love that movie so much. And that's um, so. That's what I was thinking of here is like something on those long, spindly legs, and it appears from a distance. Like that thing is is hunting the smaller whitish things, mm-hmm. um, but that's about all we know. Yes, yeah, Susanna. There's the bit where they pass above. It says they pass above a fissure zigzagging along a north-south course like a dead river bend, except it wasn't dead. Deep inside lay a thin thread of deepest scarlet, pulsing like a heartbeat. And that's when Susanna's like, this is what Frodo and Sam saw when they reached the heart of Mordor. These are the cracks of doom. Oh, nice. Cool. And like, there, and like shit erupts and everything. Um, but yeah, there's, and, and there's another interesting part here too that I skipped over, uh, where Eddie was, Eddie realizes it's the part with the storks. Eddie realizes that this isn't the result of nuclear war. Right, and Blaine says no, it was something much worse. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what the fuck that is. Like, nuclear war seems like the worst to me. Like, I can't think of something worse because it's so self-inflicted, which just adds this whole other layer of, like, regret and and culpability and, you know, I don't know. So I can't imagine. I don't know what he's talking about. Um. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's all it's all very vague, and and I think importantly so. Like, it's so much it's so much better this way. I don't want an explanation for a lot of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Or at least, if I get an explanation, I want it to be an explanation that explains the whole, mm-hmm. as opposed to these individual things. Like I like we were saying with Fury Road. Like, I really don't want to know what these stork tripods are. I just want to know that they're there. Right? Yeah, that's fair. Um. So after Roland uh, shuts down Blaine, he's like, you're a fucking idiot. Right. We have something that you want, and you're telling us to give it to you, and as a reward, you're going to kill us. That's stupid. You're dumb. Yeah. I honestly really liked that. Just, you know, because Blaine functions on that frequency, Right. Where appealing to, like, not always, obviously, appealing to logic. Like, why are you going to kill yourself and us? Yeah. Well, because I feel like it. Right. But it's enough on that frequency that it's, you can still be like, dude, the fuck? And he'll stop and be like, oh, yeah, I guess, all right, yeah. <laughs> and he does give very petulant child at one point. Right. What good are you to me if you won't tell me riddles? that's how i picture him um yeah so that's that well so okay so roland basically says um he talks about the the riddling days Mm -hmm. right and um I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking over this. Mm-hmm. Ba- basically, what he does is he he proposes the deal. You know, the the contest, mm-hmm. a riddling contest where if the if Roland and his friends win, they get to live, and if Blaine wins, he gets to kill them. 
Yeah. Is essentially what happens. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is, he describes like the riddling day and how it had used to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds really hard. It sounds like they only have three minutes to solve them. I think is what he says. Uh, With the little, uh, yeah, three minutes. Yep. The little hourglass. Yeah. Um, Oh my God, that's a lot of pressure. Like, I just can't. <laughs> Plane says it sounds pretty swell. <laughs> yeah, and he it's doesn't even know line. what that he means. He doesn't know what swell means. Um, but yeah, I think, I like again, I really like the concept of doing this, but I just don't understand why he's like, hey, I'm going to end the story here. Next book. I wonder if he hadn't written this all as one and they decided to cut it in pieces. It's it's really bizarre, and um, the the resolution to the story, I th- happens kind of at you know at the beginning of the fourth book as you would expect, mm-hmm. um, and I really wish it had just been, um, the end of this book. Like maybe he was just under pressure from like on he was on deadline to put this one out or mm-hmm. something, but like, and he just hadn't written that part yet, but man, I, the, the, the first part of wizard and glass is so far. And I, and I, again, you know, just, just to mention again, I have started wolves of the Kala. So, um, wolves of the Kala, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how that word is pronounced, but anyway, I've started the fifth book. Um, but, uh, the first part of book four is probably my favorite part in the entire series. Okay. And if it had been the climax of the Wastelands, I think it would have elevated this book as a whole and been a really incredible way to end it. Okay. Um, but uh, they didn't do it that way. King didn't do it that way. I say they like there was a committee here. <laughs> um, anyway, again, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but um, it's really great the way the way this ends up playing out. Okay, cool. And. Um, and so, yeah, but it, but it kind of ends with, you know, Roland being like, all right, this is fair day. We want the goose. Our goose is to live. Your goose is to kill us. And uh, and Blaine has a little monologue at the end where he says, if you solve, if I solve all the riddles you ask me, I will take you with me to the place where the path ends in the clearing, which is funny because that's like, you know, I guess that's the uh, uniform conception of death, like phrase for, for death in this world. I've okay. heard a lot of people say it. Um, if one of you tells a riddle I cannot solve, I will spare your lives and take you to Topeka, where you will leave the mono and continue your quest for the Dark Tower. Have I understood the terms and limits of your proposal correctly, Roland, son of Stephen? And he says, yes. Um, you are Katet, one made from many. So am I. Whose Katet is the stronger is something we must now prove. So, cast your nets, wanders. Try me with your questions and let the contest begin. The end. Right? <laughs> Just like, I, okay. It's one of those like kind of nonplussed moments, you know? Yeah, it's funny. The, um, the Jane chord for this book is It Begin, which is funny. Wait, what? The Jane chord? What's Jane chord? Uh, it's, uh, um, the Jane chord is an idea, basically you take the first and the last word of a book and supposedly it reveals something about the, it it kind of like provides a two word summary of the book. Like it doesn't always, 
it doesn't always work. It's just this idea that I always kind of like to try out. Okay. Um, so for this one, it's It Begin. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's funny. I never heard that concept before. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's some famous examples, um, which... Oh God, now I gotta look it up. <laughs> you sound so put upon. Oh God! <laughs> God damn it! Um. Okay, so that's that. That's the end of the book. Shit! And now we're gonna that's have to the end start of the book. on book four, which I have in my Amazon checkout box right now. Uh, Wizard and Glass. Wizard and Glass. Um. Well, before we go. I want to say hi to new patrons. So we have Charlie Pierce, Sarah Rabin, Trish, Brittany Erdman, Bree Girth, Kai, Daniel W., Elisa Uranga, Zachary Keith Muir, Sarah Subzwari, Robert Lanning, Juliet, John Hooper, Benjamin Thalamus. Jennifer Tucker, Rachel Vandback, Elizabeth Brinnell, and Amanda Campbell all became patrons this week, nice. for the past two weeks. So thank you guys up, so guys? much. Um, really appreciate it. Love having new patrons. Make sure to register on the website and, um, you know, and, and join the patrons group also. Um, also, PSA for the patrons group, guys. Be careful about spoilers because holy shit, there's been <laughs> a big problem with that recently. And I know that it's going to be tough when there are more and more members of the group. And I may eventually have to switch the group settings so that every post has to be approved before it actually gets put on the page. But I don't want to do that. And we are all adults and this should not be that difficult. So get get a hold of yourselves. Um, and let's see. We have, do we have a new review? We do not. No new reviews since October. So somebody should leave us a review if you enjoy they this. They really thing. should, yeah. Please. Please do. Um, and I think that's about all I wanted to mention this time around. Um, and also, uh, last thing, I swear, um, I have all of the books for 2017's book club on, uh, on the website and as events on the Facebook page. So if you want to participate in a live recording um, with different hosts each month of one single like solo book, it's not, I'm not going to do book series, but I'm doing individual freestanding novels. Um, this is open to everybody. It is not patrons only. And it's, going to be on the first like with two exceptions to in the entire year which don't start until like october it will always be the first saturday of the month and you can find all of the books um listed with dates and everything at unspoiledpodcast.com backslash book club and there's a link to buy the paperback the kindle book the audiobook and also links to go to the Facebook page and join the event or to register for the event on Crowdcast, which is the platform I use for the live recording on camera. Um, and it should be a lot of fun. I've had pretty good turnout so far this year when I've done them. I'm doing another one tonight, actually, for uh, Holidays on Ice by David Sedaris, which I'm excited about. And I'm just really I'm enjoying the whole idea of the book club. Um, and 
there's going the book club is this is going to be like the first year that I have all like I started the book club last July, I think June, maybe. And I just figured out the books three months at a time. This is going to be the first time that I'll have the whole year ahead planned out already, every book listed already. And I'm just really interested to see how this is going to work out. So January's book, which will be uh, broadcast on January 7th, Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time, is Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. February's book is Blindness by Jose Saramago. March will be Winter's Bone by Daniel Woodrell. April will be Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. May will be The Kite Runner by Khalid Hosseini. June will be Dune by Frank Herbert. Mm. July will be The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. August will be The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. September will be Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. October will be Bag of Bones by Stephen King. <laughs> November will be The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, and that's one of the exceptions that will be on Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween. And then the last book of the year will be on Saturday, December 16th, that will be Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones, because I will be, hopefully, if all goes to plan, in Orlando for that first week of December. So uh, I will have to put off the book club until the following week. Um, and for those of you who don't know, we will be doing an unspoiled meetup in Orlando. And uh, it's going to be pretty Harry Potter focused. So if you are not a Harry Potter fan, you might not f like get as much out of the meetup unless you just want to meet me and potentially Miles. Miles, I would love it if you would come to the meetup. I might be able to do when is that happening in uh november 28th is officially the first day of the meetup next year yes yes not I've, not 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 last, not last month yeah um, <laughs> i think uh i think i can probably do that sweet i'm gonna I'll, I'll i'll definitely i'm gonna attempt to make that happen um yeah i'm really excited because i this is gonna be probably i think the very first time that i'll be meeting like anybody I, I met miles i think you're like the only person other than owen <laughs> you know Woo! that you've met in person yeah so that'll yeah. be kind of cool um it's so, yeah. funny how how your show has really like fostered this kind of you know bizarre and wonderful network of friends who have never met each other i'm very happy about it yeah yeah i feel good about it um, like if there are people like even on like you know like Maggie just like her Facebook cracks me up. Oh my god! And like yeah, I don't know. It's it's and Anton's been on my show a lot of the time, and you know o Owen is wrong about comics all the time. It's just like <laughs> you know, it's it's a great little community. Oh my god! Owen had the gall to he said something about somebody being an ornery son of a bitch, and I just stopped and looked at him, and he goes, "What?" Me, that guy, and Miles are all ornery sons of a bitch. And I was like, all right, as long as you're including yourself in that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's that. That's everything I think I wanted to announce. Oh, oh, I lied. Last thing. Shit. Amazon shopping. If you are going to buy anything for Christmas time, you should use my link because it's super helpful to me. So go to unspoiledpodcast.com backslash Amazon and you will be able to 
shop on Amazon the way you normally do, you will see no difference. The prices will not be higher. And I just get a little bit of a kickback for you using my link. It's a win-win um, supporting the show without actually spending extra money. And uh, if you are in a different country, if you go to unspoiledpodcast.com, there's a link at the top, um, shop Amazon and support Unspoiled. Click on that and there will be links for Canada. The UK one, I got a notice that has been like, I've been disqualified for some reason, which I don't (laughs) understand. Um, But there's still Spain and Germany and Italy and... I think there was another one. But yeah, there's other country listings on there if you are from a different country and still shop Amazon. So yeah, that's that. Okay, now I'm finally done. Miles, take it away. Uh, Okay, Uh, you guys can check out more of my audio work on the Smash Fiction Podcast, which is available on iTunes and however you get your podcasts. It's a really fun comedy show where we... Uh, take fictional characters and pit them against each other in various types of contests and make jokes and, um, you know, lots of inappropriate conversations about, you know, sex and uh, violence. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> we just did, uh, for our Thanksgiving episode, which just came out this past Sunday, we did a four-way Bond girl battle. So that was a lot of fun. Damn. Uh, and coming up, we also have a, a kind of a bonus monthly podcast. I don't, I don't want to call it a bonus because it actually replaces one of our weekly shows, but it's um, the Extraordinary League podcast, which is an actual play RPG show that we do. Um, and we all play different characters from fiction. Uh, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I'm currently playing Nico Minoru from The Runaways. Um, and we uh, actually are parties in Westeros right now. Um, dealing with uh with like ice zombies and uh some lady who may or may not be Daenerys Targaryen so um we uh it's a lot of fun and that the new episode of that show is coming out this coming Sunday which is the 4th um actually actually I just realized I'm I'm so used to recording on Tuesday that's going to be already out by the time this comes out <laughs> we oh man Oh, it's so weird. We're recording on Saturday, and it's just bizarre to me. So, it's, like the whole day is thrown off. Yeah, I know. I, I feel so, you. So that shit's, <laughs> that shit's already out by the time you guys are hearing this. The new episode of Extraordinary League, and then the episode after that is going to be um, Star Fox versus Rogue Squadron because we're all really excited about Rogue One, and uh, we did a, a similar thing for when Doctor Strange came out. We did Doctor Strange versus Voldemort, which is a great episode. That's so, awesome. um, check that out. And uh, it's a great show, Smash Fiction. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Tumblr, we're on Twitter at Smash Fic Podcast. I'm on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman. If you um, want to read my tweets about my podcast mainly and also <laughs> wrestling, um, which is basically all I tweet about. I'm trying to get better about it, especially in um, the terrifying age that we suddenly find ourselves in. Um, but you can also find uh, my writing on my blog, which is uh, www.universesofthemind.com. Um, and the blog hasn't been updated in a while because I've just been not only busy but also shell-shocked. Um, I'm currently working on kind of the the Trump piece that I feel like I need to write before I can go on reviewing um, and analyzing the winners of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hugo Awards in chronological order, which is what I've been doing on Universes of the Mind. But um, 
I'm not just going to be talking about those. I'll be talking about little politics, probably more politics than I had originally planned on, again, in this particular world that we find ourselves in, where we have a game show host president. Um, and uh, I'm also, you know, other shit, like, you know, comics and movies and whatever the fuck. If you want to read my writing, you can go to universesofthemind.com. You can also uh, go to thesportster.com if you want to read a couple of my articles about professional wrestling. Um, and just clicking on those really helps me make a little bit of extra money, which I am going to need in the near future. So um, <laughs> if you follow me on Facebook or, or Twitter, you'll have the links to those articles as they come out, so you can check those out. Um, and I think that's uh, about all I have to plug at the immediate moment. I do want to say before we go, Natasha. Yes, sir. Some exciting news. Dun, dun, dun. As we finished The Wastelands, book three, we are now moving into book four, Wizarding Glass of the Dark Tower series. And Wizarding Glass has actual chapters. Yay! Thank fuck. It does still have the parts, but they are all, they are like sub things within actual chapters. So we don't necessarily have to worry about parts one through 30 gajillion anymore. Um... (laughs) The chapters are fairly short, so when we talk about what we're going to do for, well, Jesus, I guess for Tuesday, um, assuming we're, we're recording our usual time, which means you got a quick turnaround on this one, dude. Um, yeah, I just realized but, i got to place this fucking order on Amazon. Proceed yeah. to checkout. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, the the chapters are pretty short, so we can try just doing the first one. Now, Wizarding Glass also has a, it, it has a prologue, which is just called Blaine. And the prologue is basically, like, the last part of The Wastelands, like, verbatim. So, um, we don't have to read that again. I think that in itself speaks for the fact that this book ended in a really weird place. King had to literally reprint the last part of The Wastelands so the fucking thing would make sense. Yeah, that seems like a really, like... Like a reprint, they should have just switched things up a little bit. Right? Yeah, anyway. So, don't worry about the prologue, you've already read it. Um... So we got chapter one, which I want to say is called Beneath the Demon. Yeah, it's Beneath the Demon Moon one. Wait, <laughs> God damn what? it, Stephen King. So there's another thing later. There's another chapter or another thing later in this book called Beneath the Demon Moon. And that's Beneath the Demon Moon two. Okay. Um, so this is Beneath the Demon Moon one. Um, and that's chapter one. And then that's about like 15 pages long. Okay. And then we have chapter two, which is the falls of the hounds, which is about mm, another 15 pages long. So we could try doing just the first one and see if we can get enough out of it. Or we could just say, you know, I'm just judging by how many pages we've been doing per episode lately. We could just do the first two chapters and see if that's too much. Would you rather possibly would you rather run the risk of biting off more than we can chew or run the risk of not having enough to chew on? I don't know, dude. You read this already. You tell me. All right. Uh fine. We'll be you that way. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the first two chapters then. Okay. Um, we'll do the first two chapters beneath the demon moon, moon one and the falls of the hounds. And we'll go from there. See if we want to just do chapter by chapter from now on, or, um, 
continue doing two at a time. Okay. Sound good? That sounds good. All right. All right, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week with the beginning of Book 4, Wizard in Glass. Bye. Bye. Spoiled Network Podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.